welcome to episode 34 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Uh, we are joined today by Mr. David Grant. Hello, Dave. Good evening, Joe. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. And we are joined by the man, the mystery, uh, Mr. Gareth Dutton. Hashtag who is Gareth Dutton? Hello, Gareth. How are we doing? Hello, Joe. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm uh, I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, we do have Andy on the injured reserve list today. He's having a few technical problems, so he's not able to join us tonight. Uh, so he sends his apologies, but uh, we'll be going with the three of us tonight. Uh, and what you may be able to realise, or what you may have noticed, if I've managed to do it properly, uh, is the uh, the different intro music again for this episode, uh, as the Boston Bruins miss out. Uh, on another Stanley Cup title to give St. Louis their first title in 52 years um, as a club. So, yeah, great scenes in there <laughs> in Boston and St. Louis over the last couple of days. Um, but bringing it round to domestic for the time being, we'll come round to the NHL in a bit. Uh, we've had a few signings over the last week or so. Uh, Gref, do you want to throw us off with the first one? It's Evan, Evan Bloodoff in Coventry. Yeah, so Evan Bloodoff has... Last season he played for five Flyers, played 55 games, 27 goals, 44 points. Seemed like a, a fan favourite, you could say, over in Kakoda. He's come out to, oh, Coventry have come out today and said, oh yeah, he signed for us this year. Although that was a kind of a funny way of saying, oh yeah, the rumours are true. It was like a, a Tinder match profile with badly drawn photo of him and as well as Danny Stewart. That was in ways of announcing players. That's a brilliant way to do it. Just like I think Dave's appreciating your analogy there. No, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's legit. It's, I can't believe when I saw it. You're using Tinder to announce a, a signing. Oh God. So what do you think to the signing, Dave? It, it, it shows a bit of intent because Bloodoff's done well in five. He's like you know ninety-one points in one hundred and I think one hundred and seven hundred eight games. So he's a point getter. And Coventry by the end of the season were lacking that. So it's a bit of a signing of intent by the by the Blaze and by Danny Stewart. Um, and to keep the analogy, he clearly swiped right on the contract. And Bloodoff is um, going to be a Blaze player. So. I think it's a good move by the Blaze. Um, it's always a key thing to see with the reaction to the fans. And I think the fact that the fire's reaction has been, you know, sad to see you go, all the best. And when you get that type of reaction, you know the guy was appreciated and liked by the fan base. And there's no tougher fan base than the fans in the Kikori. Um They know this stuff. So good signing by the Blaze. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Todd the team replaces him. Yeah, I mean, when he was playing, when, when he signed first in five, his stats didn't necessarily look like groundbreaking. They didn't look like he was about to change the world. Um, 250 games in the ECHL with 152 points, so 0.61 points per game. He's played 57 games in the AHL with, with only eight points. So, do you know, he's been up in, the, in, in, uh, in one of the top leagues. But maybe a bit of a wait-and-see signing when he came into five. First season, 38 games, 39 points. Second season, 55 games, 44 points. So, um, he looks to be a good addition in Coventry. Last week, I said that Coventry need to start filling in the gaps of their top point scorers. 
Um, and I have to say, this looks to be a good step in, in, in the right direction. He's not going to, for me, he's not going to replace the point scoring that they were getting from Ben Lake. And they still need to find somebody that's going to fit those shoes. Um, but a good guy that's going to come in, get him a few points, get him a few goals on the board. Uh, and it certainly, as I say, a, a step in the right direction for Coventry. Um, so, moving on from Evan Bloodoff, the next, uh, Dave, do you want to go around with Duncan Spears? Yeah, Duncan Spears has moved from the, the Sheffield Steel Dogs of the um, the NIHL, uh, whatever the culminative initials of the new league is. EPL uh, Mark 2. It's basically, yeah, just half inputs. Um, and he's got up to Dundee. Uh, Bit of a strange one in terms of you normally see the players move local to where they've been playing in the lower leagues, uh, but he's gone to a club that, in their fairness, is probably going to give him <coughs> sufficient ice time. And in all fairness, from Dundee's perspective, Spears was one of the, the, the shining lights of the Steel Dog season. Dundee have taken the punt uh, and signed a guy that's so they're going to give him the ice time, so he's going to get the chance to really shine and, and do his best. And um, I think it's a good signing for Dundee. This one of them. It's similar to five for the aspect of the Brits were very local, apart from they had one or two and they had the, the loney from Nottingham last season. So to get another one to up six and move up to Dundee uh, shows intent, like we mentioned with five last week. And, you know, I, I think this is going to be one that is going to do a fair job uh, for the Dundee Stars. I think he's going to make that transition from the NHL up to the Elite League very well. Yeah, Duncan last season... Originally signed for Storm on a two-way. Played one pre-season game and then one Challenge Cup game. So I didn't get to see him as much over here. But looking at his stats for last season, they're really good. I mean, 34 games, 33 goals. It shows you that in that league, he was just firing him in for fun. But then, obviously, he's played for... Capitals the 2017-18 season Edinburgh and he played seven games for them but he got two points he's played for well Glasgow fan Ray Ed back then 2015-16 so he knows the league at least he looks like he could do well for Omar Pasha and the Dundee Stars up there yeah I mean he's only 21 as well so you've got to look at the fact that he's they're putting a faith in a guy that they're going to want to build a good brick, a brick, a good brick core like everybody wants to build. And, and a 21-year-old kid who's still got a lot of progression in front of him, still got a long career in front of him, is certainly a good signing to uh, to help bolster their brick ranks. Um, as you say, a couple of games here and there in the elite league. Um, when he played in Braid or at the time, uh, it was two games, one goal. So to be fair, you know he knows where the net is in the elite league. I'm not going to fan over his, over his stats too much last year just because they're too difficult to read in the NAHL. I mean, when you're seeing Jason Hewitt post as many points as he did, um, it's always, it just shows you how hard it is to read. But at the end of the day, 55 points from 34 games, you don't get that if you, if you don't know where the net is and you don't know what's going on. So certainly looks to be a good guy that's going to help out um, Dundee. As I say, a good guy to build up on the brick court. Uh, very much a wait and see to see how he fits into the league, but I think they'll, uh, the Stars fans should be happy with this one as a guy for for the future, if nothing else. 
then we go from Duncan Spears to Matt Becker. Um, he has re-signed with the Glasgow clan. Obviously, he started in Brayhead in the Elite League. Uh, played 52 games, 75 points in his first season in 2016-17. Uh, he then moved from Brayhead to Manchester for a season. Uh, kept nice and consistent with his points, getting 75 points again from 56 games. Uh, and then he moved back to the now Glasgow clan uh, in 1819. 60 games, 68 points. So consistently getting over a point per game. Uh, I mean, you look at the guy, he's played AHL um, for a few games, 44 games, 14 points. ECHL, he was putting up 0.86 points per game and he's had a couple of assistant captaincies uh, for the Florida Everblades so certainly a good player to keep uh, and I'm sure Fitzy will be very happy to be keeping his guy in the team for the next year Yeah I think I, as a, watching him play when he was playing for Storm he's just got he just does like he knows where, how the passing is just amazing it's always tape to tape. And normally that person he passes to is Scott Pitt. And you'll see it probably on the season score sheets last year. If he's assisted, he's got an assist, it's normally Scott Pitt that scored. Or it was Stubcar that scored last season. He just has... I think he looks like he has some really good chemistry with Scotty Pitt, so... I think that's a great re-signing for a clan. I mean, Fitz will probably love it even more. He's got his point, points, top point scorer probably last season, or one of them, and then he just knows what he's going to bring to us, the game. I'll, I'll back up uh, in terms of what Griff's saying. You know, he, he knows what he's going to be. He's also, uh, for Red Right, uh, somewhere he's also the assistant coach uh, of the clan this year. So you, you've got a guy with... As you mentioned, Joe, the experience of, of decent top-level leagues in, in North America and Europe, and he gets the points. Um, he's, what, 230, 240 points in the three years he's played over in the Elite League. So, dangerous guy, one that you want in your team, and Glasgow have uh, have done the business in keeping there. So, as we mentioned last week again, Braid have, have started well, then she needed that bit of additional uh, sparkle, and they've started with that in keeping Becker yeah it's going to be interesting to see how Glasgow can move forward because I think they've they've retained the main two players really in Becker and Pitt obviously they've got a great netminder between the pipes that they've uh, they've managed to grab off of MK if they can bring in another top level scorer uh, Glasgow are going to be a serious threat next year uh, obviously the two key things for me are they need, I'd say they need one more top point scorer Um and obviously nobody really knows what Fitz he's going to be like as a coach yet. So there's a few question marks, but um, Glasgow certainly putting themselves out early to be a team to be reckoned with next year. Uh, the next I will throw over to Dave. Uh, it's the signing that most Steelers fans have been waiting for, to be fair. The one, probably the fan favourite from last year. Um, one that we thought may have even come around the first kind of season ticket deadline point, see if they could get a few more uh, a few more people to put pen to paper on that one. But Tan Rebelais finally re-signed in Sheffield. Um, what do you think? Yeah, um, about all accounts, they've just delayed announcing him. I don't know why, but yes, like you said, the one that the fans wanted, he was 
out of to be polite a bad batch of imports he was one of the shining lights he played the Steelers way a lot of grit a lot of determination a lot of passion a lot of penalties and uh, 120 minutes of, of um, exactly but uh, he, he was an energy player uh, he made the hits he, he started you know the odd occasion where when the chips were down we got something going 9.9 out of 10 times Emily was the man who started it so the type of guy that you know we've got some scoring in Sheffield already he's another piece of the cog and I think you know if you add him with either DeLuca or a couple of other players who will be announced I think the, the, the potential what he can in terms of where he'll be on the linings I think will give Sheffield an, an additional edge he had, in terms of scoring, goals alone, not a good season, only nine goals. You look at his resume, you'd, you'd expect him to get more. Now, all being well, his first season in, in Europe has, has learned him a few things, because obviously the transition from playing North America to Europe has, has caught up many in import. Uh, so hopefully, you know, he gets a few more, um, more goals to his, uh, to his resume next year. But it's a signing that... The fans wanted. I'll be honest with you. I'm happy that he's resigned in Sheffield, and you know, all being well, he, he carries on the, uh, the the passion that he was showing, to, you know, towards the back end of last season. Yeah, it's a player that I would have loved to see play in Manchester. I mean, apparently we tried to get him, but obviously we didn't offer him enough money. Just gonna throw it out there, you, you know, you, you, the, you, you, all the rumours and stuff. You, you're, you're assuming it's the money, Gareth. You're assuming it's the money. I'm just going off Twitter. Maybe he's not a fan of Tim Hortons. He's, he's Canadian. He's got to be. How is it? Even with you, like you managed to get into Tim Hortons, even the hockey podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Maybe Starbucks oil. I don't know. Yeah, because there's no Starbucks in Manchester. <laughs> those those two Tim Hortons or whatever in Manchester really kicked out all the Starbucks. <laughs> they say next they've got too many KFCs, so the McDonald's have been banned from the city. Well, hockey players like the comforts on the doorstep, and Tim Hortons, as we knew on Sundays, bang on the doorstep of the rink in Aldringham. Not as close as the pub. That's not the argument we're having. So yeah, can I graph with your assumptions that it's wages? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's <laughs> it's a, a really good play. It's one of those like it's going to agitate when you, you the opposition if your team's down by a goal or two. I remember last season when you guys were playing over an high rink, and I think it was he annoyed Springer quite a bit and then got him out of position. Oh, yeah, wasn't that the one where... Oh, no, that yeah. was Levi Nelson when uh, he put a trumpet in his hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just started... He got... He took a hit off Stringer, looked at him, laughed, and I think it was DeLuca just went one-on-one with Jinnan and put the puck in the net and just laughed at him. It's like, that's the type of player you, you'd love to have in your team. And he comes with his easy nickname as well for you, Griff. We know you like a good nickname in Manchester. You've got Ebbs. Yeah. Yeah. I'll... I leave him with you guys. I mean, his distant cousin, Islanders player. For now. For now. July 1st. Is that the rumour for this week with Jordan Eberle <laughs> signing for the Steelers? I, I, I've heard uh, Fife, actually, but, uh, you know. Fair play. I heard he was, he was interested in MK, but um, obviously it's not to be. Might be dropping down to the NIHL. 
He can't play because he needs a visa. So, what is your Mastercard? <laughs> <laughs> no, can express. Come on, mate. Um... Sorry, mate. Drop the wall there. <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, I think I'm about the only Steelers fan that wasn't really bothered whether we signed Eberle or not. Um, yes, he played with some energy. Yes, he played with some, you know, some some passion. He threw in the hits when needed. I think that was the thing that stood out for a lot of people when, when the hockey seems to be kind of stepping down a little bit in terms of the physicality. Everlay was definitely the one that, that came in at the start of this season. Uh, as you say, disappointing season for the Steelers as well. Came in all the way through the season, laying on the body. Um, that was great to see. The, the thing for me is, it's just the point production should have been so much better from a, from a guy like Everlay. Um, I mean, you look at his stats... He was getting 57 games, 26 points. He's not even putting up a point per game. 120 penalty minutes as well. So the amount of times that I remember, you know, was getting to that pivotal point in a game and then he's sitting a penalty for sometimes, sometimes even just for a hit, sometimes that a referee didn't like a hit, things like that. Whether or not you can justify every penalty is irrelevant. You're taking 120 penalty minutes. There's got to be some kind of trend. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a good signing for Sheffield. Definitely, from what it sounds like in the interviews with Aaron Fox as well, definitely a guy to be coming in as a kind of a bottom six player. So I'd expect him to take a place in the third line. Um, if we can put DeLuca on that third line as well, if we're getting in three top end players so that DeLuca's not going to make it on the top two, then I'll be very, very happy because we'll be getting some serious strength in that roster. But uh, definitely wait and see at the moment. Everlay has the potential to be a fan favourite again this year, a potential to put more points up than he did last year. The only other thing I'll say as well is, did, did either of you guys listen to the interview with Eberle, with Pete Spencer, when he, um, just after he signed? It was very much like a case of, oh, he, he shopped around the market, very disappointedly, he couldn't find anything else, but he's come back to Sheffield where he's comfortable. And it was it was very much like a comfortable, comfortable fallback option that it kind of seemed like. You know, there didn't seem to be any enthusiasm um, about the fact he was coming back to Sheffield other than the fact that he was comfortable and he, he knew what he was doing and there was that familiarity but um, maybe that comfort maybe that familiarity might just give him a hand and give him that boost uh, obviously moving over to to England after playing so many seasons you know a couple of seasons in the ECHL you know and sticking around the North American kind of region maybe that first season moving to England may have been a bit of a reason for the dropping point. So maybe the familiarity would help him, but it, it was just a bit of a weird interview. I don't know. I suppose one way you could read into it is that um, this is the, from more what Fox have been coming out with is, is it, there's an expectation where you've got to earn your, your top six. You've got to actually earn your ice time. And I think he, it was obviously the club that made the offer very early doors in terms of, you know, this we want you to sign. But these are what are the conditions. So if you can find somewhere else that's going to give you better, then go for it. If you can't, it's still there. But it's obviously, and it's it's sounding from all the imports, and that's including ones that are like on the second year of a two-year deal. That you've got mm. to earn your ice time, you've got to earn your spot. You know, there's a, there's a lot of room about you know change of, of net minding. You know, the position that needs to be solid from the off in terms of you know who your starting is. So I, I, I suspect that that's a lot of Fox is telling him. You know, if you want the top six earn it produce more produce better in terms of the points you, you know it's not going to be given to you where I think at some points last year you know the carry on season shall we call it um, it could have been given to another plate 
in, in that context. So I, I'll go on and listen to that because you know, and see what's about. I can imagine that's where it's probably come gone down the lines of it. it's like, yeah, you got like this, but you've got to earn it, and there's an expectation from me off. Yeah, but it, I mean, it was just the tone of the interview with him. I mean, the tone of the interview with Fox was good, and that was basically what Fox said was a case of he's coming in as a bottom six forward. Yeah, he's a guy, a guy that's got something that you want on your team. He's got, he's got that spark that you want on your team. Um, and he kind of went down that line and very much said, you know, he has the potential to be a decent point scorer, but we need to see that point score inside from him. So it was very much that that kind of place of he needs to earn his top ice time. He needs to push himself into that top that top point scorer bracket, but it was just the interview with Everlay. As I say, he just sat, he just he just seemed quite flat about coming back to Sheffield. There was, do you know, like often you hear players and it's like, oh yeah, I'm really excited to be coming back to Sheffield. I'm really happy to be signed, re-signing for this club. I'm like looking forward to the season. And they're picking out things like, oh yeah, it was a great arena, great fans and stuff like that. And Everlay was very much just a case of, yeah, I looked around on the market. There wasn't really much there. Um, and then, yeah, I, it, it's, it, I'm comfortable in Sheffield, so I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to stay here. It, it was almost like you expected him to say, I, "I'm happy to stay here." I guess, like, it, I don't know, it just, it just didn't seem to be a lot of enthusiasm about it. But it may have just been the timing of the interview. It may just be, you know, Everlay's characteristic. I, I don't know. I don't. I've not really. I don't know the guy. I've never not really listened to a lot of interviews with him previously, so it may just be that he doesn't necessarily interview particularly enthusiastically. I don't know. It was just, it was just my interpretation Maybe. from the interview. And then again, if, if Manchester stumped up the cash, then this wouldn't happen, would it? No, and they could have Ebbs or Ebby. We know you like the Y's at the end of people's names. Ebby. Fair play. Um, Gref, do you want to take us through the signings? Moving on from Everlay, do you want to take us through the signings for... Uh, for Nottingham and tell us if, if if Manchester were outpriced for any of those as well. I pretty much doubt it. <laughs> I mean, they officially announced the re-signing of Brett Pellini coming back on his two-year from his is it a two-year deal? This is his second year, and you had Robert Lakowitz. That's the. And uh, another re-signing for them. Did well in in G, for GB in Slovakia. Minus the dodgy call by the ref in the the France oh. game. Yeah, enough about that one. Yep. And then they announced the the signings of Joseph Halodine and Jordan Kelso. Some all four British players. Brit, the Brit packs getting better with some key re-signings anyway, what do you guys think about that I think it's doing well for them Pellini had had a, had a great tournament in uh, in Kishitsa and you, you know that was a key signing for them because you know there's a lot of teams in you know, you know DEL wouldn't be have gone let's have a look at this kid let's, let's, let's see if he's worth bringing over as an import uh, so and, and Lakovic is like Farmer, and, and it makes me howl with the Panthers fans just going, "Oh, what? Was, why did you take Lako? Why take Farmer? You put them in, in the GB shirt, and you actually see the, the the complete game step up. So the key for uh, Tim Wallace is actually getting the type of game that Farmer and Lako brings when they're wearing a GB shirt to a Panthers shirt. Because this is an honest opinion. When you see him play for Panthers, 
I'm like, he plays so much better in a GB shirt. And you say that to the Nottingham fans, I don't know what you mean. And they, they see the same thing that we do when playing for GB. This ain't the same, they to a per, to a person. This ain't the same player that's played for Nottingham all season. So the key for us is if he can get that same Falakovic as he did with Farmer, it'd be good. But definitely Polini, very good signing, and I think most teams would take him. Um, Hazel Dean and Kelso, good stock, you know, restocking their their Brit uh, pack. Because one thing that was was kind of diminishing a little bit across the board. So the, 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 they're good signings, they're good, and they're good talents as well. Young, um, and ones definitely look out for. So in terms of, they may not be fully ready now, but definitely ones to look out for maybe a year or two time to be ticking the regular minutes and, and being the next set of GB stars that Panthers always have had over the years. Yeah, Pellini was a uh, for me was an, uh, an important signing for the Panthers. Uh, first season he comes in 17-18, 56 games, 54 points. Um, definitely making a statement of intent there with how he wants to be playing in this league. This season, maybe not such a great year, 59 games, 36 points, but still... Um, you know, still going to be in the in the top end of the of the point production, really. Uh, and Pellini always looks like he could create a lot of chances, a lot of opportunities, a lot of danger whenever he's on the ice. So you know he's a guy to be keeping an eye on when he's on the ice. Uh, and he's certainly a guy that you want in your team's uniform rather than anybody else's. So a good signing in Pellini. Lakovic is just, I think. I think the problem is with Lakovic is he started off so strong and started off so well for the Panthers that he's kind of raised this expectation that he's going to be a, a you know a higher point scorer than he is. I mean, you look at his his stats from like eleven twelve, let's um, say so twenty eleven twelve he was fifty four games forty six points. 2012-13, 52 games, 38 points. 13-14 was 51 games, 51 points. So always in that top end of point scorer, always up at that kind of point per game margin or just under. And then you look at his last three years, 16-17, 52 games, 20 points, so a bit of a drop. 56 games, 21 points, so staying around that margin. And then this year, just a, just a low again, a 58 games, 10 points, so... Lakovic, amongst all of them, in fairness, is is a guy that Panthers will have signed with the hope that he's going to pick his game back up to to where it previously was. I mean, he's not old per se. He's 29, so it's not like he's at the latter stage of his career. It's not like he's at that point where his career started to drop and kind of even out. Um, So hopefully it's been a, a bad year or two for Lakovic and he can kind of pick up his game put a few more points on the board because he, he certainly had that potential when he started his career in the Elite League. Um, Hazel Dean, definitely a wait-and-see signing, I think, for Nottingham. Again, like we said for, for Dundee, always important to start bolstering your GB Brit pack, uh, so you, you, yeah, your, your GB pack. Um, 21 years of age for uh, you know, for Dundee signing Duncan Spears. Well, Joseph Hazeldean steps that one up. He's 18. So if they can get him as a, as a regular player in the roster, getting him up in that 10, 20, 30 point scoring margin about, you know, in the next couple of years, he's going to be a very, very good addition to this roster and, and hopefully for, for Nottingham, a long-term addition for this roster as well. Uh, and then finally, Kelsall, again, 19 years old. So they're bringing in two 
new guys, a bit of fresh blood to bring into the team. Again, bolster that Brit pack. Uh, he's played previously for Nottingham, obviously then played for Dundee. 51 games, three points, so not necessarily going to uh, change the world in terms of point scoring, but again, they're going to be wanting to you know, hope that he's going to be able to put some points up. Again, maybe put him up into the 10-20 point scoring margin over the next couple of years. Again, another good addition for them if he can do that. Um, so, unless anybody's got anything else to add on the Nottingham trio, since I know that we're kind of brushing over all all four of those, um, the next one was Gref. Do you want to tell us about Fife's new, uh, well, yeah, Fife's re-signing? Yeah, sure. So, Fife have re-signed Carl Finucci. He's back for his fourth year as a, a Five Fires player. Last season, played... 58 games, got 55 points, 15 goals, 40 assists. Pretty good, I'd say that was a pretty good season for him. And the season before, played 55 games, got 27 goals, 35 assists. He's played for Swindon in the old EPL days. And then the before then... EPL Mark 1. Yeah, EPL Mark 1. <laughs> And before then, he was playing in Denmark for Rungstead. So I'm sure you guys still love. Apart from that, he's, he's seen, from the reaction on Twitter, it seems like five, five fans love him. They're very happy to see him return. Good point production on a regular basis. Uh, one of the things that Fife were needing, so again, it's a good piece of the puzzle that they're now starting to build. Uh, it's Dutchie. Um, like I say, he's been there a few years, and he's you know he's, he's coming to his fourth year. He can cut it. Um, you know, it says something about the the, the Fife organisation that they can keep the imports. They don't tend to have many imports that have spent one year two. They they, they have them for a fair while. He's he found a settled uh, spot. So you know, like you said, you know, the the reaction from the fans has been obviously is a good signing. We're happy with this one. So all being well, you know, didn't he score the game-winning goal to send Fife into the final four against Manchester? Yeah. I, I thought I saw the um, five say, do you remember this goal? And I, I, I thought I recognised Manchester getting knocked out of the playoffs. Um, so, oh. you know, <laughs> it was just the one goal, Griff. You are absolutely In right. In overtime as well. It was overtime, yeah. Um, a guy, so basically the point I'm making, I'm not just winding Griff up, um, he gets the big goals for five. So good signing for him. And uh, they'll be hoping more big goals at the uh, five five Serena this year. Yeah, it's going to be good to get a, a, a you know kind of veteran guy in the elite league now. Fourth season signing for the Flyers, a guy that knows where to stand at the end of the game. You know, he knows where he's going after handshakes, not to go to the other end or anything along those lines. Um, I change. Oh yeah, well you never know. Um, <laughs> last couple of years, really really good point production as well. Fifty-five games, sixty-two points, and then fifty-eight games, fifty-five points. So a good asset for the Flyers. Um, you know, the Flyers haven't done that badly for themselves over the last couple of seasons or so. Made a decent bid in the playoffs for the last couple of years. Um, 
I, it sounds daft to say, and I've already said it about um, Glasgow, but if Fife can get another top point scorer under their belt, they're gonna they're gonna make a bit of a statement, to, you know, to try and step the game up in the elite league and step up into that top three kind of bracket. Is going to be what they're aiming for. Um, and Fanucci is definitely a guy that can help him do that. You know, he's got the experience in the league. Um, yeah, just a, a guy that can lead this team um, and a guy that puts up the points as well. Uh, also known for his slashing antics. If anybody remembers his DOP suspension um, previously, um, <laughs> he got a two-game suspension for, for the slash in the back of the leg uh, midway through last season. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, always good to... Remember that, but that's one of the things that pops up in my head whenever you think of Fiducci and that. that's it's sad because generally a player with such a poor point production is, uh, you know, you want to remember him for his points and not for the slash. But you know, hey oh, um, I'll move it back on to Gref because Dave has temporarily disappeared off the Skype call after quite a long-term freeze up there. Um, so Gref, do you want to just talk to us about T.J. Foster in Guildford? Yeah, sure, and welcome back there for Erica Senior. It seems uh, TJ Foster's re-signed for Guildford. Last season played 50 games, got 41 points. Pretty decent season for him, I would say. I mean, before that he played one game in the Simliga for Sport. And before that, got 48 points in 45 games in the Norwegian League. Frisk, Asker. I was going to say for CHL's newest team, Frisk, Asker. Don't forget Claggan for it when we're talking about CHL's newest teams. <laughs> and Rob said. No, Frisk, Asker and Claggan for it. For me, yeah, that's a pretty decent re-signing for them. I don't know what you guys think. It's been a bit, bit of a good stock signing for Guildford. Um, they did their retention and they retained very well. So with, with TJ resigning from it's bolstering the stock that they've got. It's you know more good business by uh, by Dixon. So same old same old in terms of they're just signing you know decent players and they're, they're keeping this stock well. We mentioned in the previous podcast it, it's more of a it's the need to add two or three top line top talent to get them over the threshold of they've kind of got so far. Um, but what this signing does it bolsters the foundation. So in, in that respect, it's, it's a it's a quality signing. It, it gives keeps the foundation very solid for the Flames. Yeah, I've said previously on on. on podcasts about about the Flames my, my concern with the Flames is that generally when you look at the teams that they've got, that they've had over the last couple of years, the likes of Waters Akered, um, you know Jesse Craig they've had a team that really should have been contested more than they have done uh, for the league title and for those top slots, don't get me wrong, they've done a very very good job for themselves over the last couple of years in the Elite League um, you know securing kind of that mid-league point in the last couple of years as the kind of newbies in the league along with MK it's certainly no easy start and it's, it's a great start for them but you just look at some of their players and think you should be doing better than you are doing here um, 
you know, TJ Foster's a great guy to, to keep in the lineup. You say 51 points from 50, um, from 50 games. Yeah, 41 points from 50 games last year. Um, again, a good top point, uh, you know, contributor, but. I, I, th- I think as a Flames fan now, I'd be open to see kind of a, a bit of fresh blood being brought in, a couple of, um, not even necessarily some top point scorers. If they can get a couple of guys that can lead the team a bit further forward, you know, drive the team in terms of experience, maybe that experience of how to how to battle out a 50-plus game season. Maybe it's just experience as to how to, to get the you know those clinch goals in those very, very close games. I don't know. I don't even know what it is that the Flames need at the minute, but they just need something to kick them up into that, that top end of the, of the league. Um, and with the team that they have, including Foster, they, they should have that for me. In fairness, they, they probably need a forward who can compete point for point with Akrud. If they ain't get a forward that can compete point for point with Akrud, who is a defenseman, I think that's probably going to make the difference for, for Guildford. Yeah. I don't think Guildford... Not asking much, though. No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, I don't think Guildford have ever really... They've not had a particular standout netminder either, really. You look at a lot of the teams that are kind of pushing themselves up the rankings in the league tables, and one of the, one of the key players on those teams is, is the goalie. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say Guildford have had a bad goalie over the last couple of years, but... I just don't think they've had that standout net. You, you know, you don't look at their games and go, "Oh, you know, they get the net stood on his head there." I just, I just think you, you kind of look at it and go, "Right, you know, maybe they could do with a, a stronger guy between the pipes." I, I, I honestly don't know what it is that I, I can't put my finger on what it is that Guildford needs. They just need something. In terms of the netminder, they've they've gone down the Nottingham route the past few years where they've had two input netminders um, who've not been. Absolute standouts, but have been decent goalies to share the workload. Whereas you look at the likes of Belfast, Sheffield, Cardiff, Fife, they've had the one guy who they expect to stand out, who expects to play the 60 games. You know, maybe Guildford need to go down that route and, and just say, you know what, instead of having the two import goalies, get the one and go from there. Yeah, it's certainly something that I think they could do with trying out. As I say, I mean that would be my only disappointment. I mean, you look at this, you look at the Steelers roster this year. A disappointing season for the Steelers. Every Steelers fan is going to say that. And you look at their roster this year, and there's so many players that that, that that the majority of the fans are saying, you know, he needs to go, he needs to go, we need to replace him. And then you look at the Guildford roster, and yes, maybe they did a little bit better. Maybe they, you know, they pushed obviously for the, the, the Challenge Cup. Absolutely fantastic effort. Pushed for Belfast in the uh, in the semis at playoffs as well. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not by any means knocking the achievements of the team, but I just think if I was a Flames fan now, I'd be wanting to see us be stepping up the up the league a little bit more. And I just think looking at some of those players, I mean, they. I'm not gonna lie. I can't think of many other teams in the league that I would have had as many players from. As Guildford, I'd have had, I'd have signed Waters, I'd have signed Akerin, I'd have signed Craig. Foster would have been a bad shout. And you look at like the amount of players that you could stand there and go, I wouldn't have minded him in orange, I wouldn't have minded him in my team's colours. But then they're not, they're not pushing as high as they should be. That roster should be pushing for a top three or four spot. 
and, and maybe it will this year. Um, you know, the, 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 like we've said, the foundation's there. Yeah. As it, you know, the amount of re- re-signing they've done, they've got the solid foundation. It's now what they add to it. It's the additional. It's that bit of sparkle that takes them from fourth to sixth, good cup run, rolls the dice for the playoffs to actually being a top three title contender, expectation to make the final four, not just hope to make the final four. So it's a big summer. Um, the one thing you can guarantee Guildford is, you know, they have the backing financially. So they're not going to be kind of thinking, hmm, budget-wise, are we going to fall short? Whereas, you know, we've already heard Manchester have uh, already uh, bleating about uh, budgets, something that you won't hear much at Guildford. You never did in the EPL days either. No, you, d- you didn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll keep it with you, Dave, as we move on to the next player. Um, obviously, you're the goalie amongst us. And Belfast were left uh, with a bit of a hole in their roster of, as, as they announced that Tyler Beskarawani wasn't going to be re-signing for them. Obviously, as we now know, he's gone over to Germany. Um, you're making a funny face. Have I got that wrong? Slovakia. Slovakia. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It's, it was uh, Germany he was rumoured to be going to. Sorry, my bad. Darcy, Darcy Murphy went to Germany. That's it. That must be where I'm getting the confusion. I was just making sure you were on your team. Goalie, that's forward. All. You know exactly. Yeah. You know he's also, he's also making sure my software's not there. Let me down again. Slovakia, Germany. You know they're not that far apart. Um, Push the yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So um, <laughs> Belfast have patched up the hole now. Besko's <laughs> gone, uh, and in comes Shane Owen. What do you think yeah. of that one, Dave? He's probably the one goalie that any team excluding Cardiff maybe that would go if you could pick a goalie to play in your team his name comes up Killeen uh, maybe not maybe I'd say Owen probably comes up above uh, Killeen I know he won't with you that's fine you can have that one I'm not going to take that away from you but I think most teams would probably go Owen above Killeen be touch and go but they'd probably go Owen the guys you know go Owen just for his beard oh yeah Absolutely, fair play to him on that one. Um, but he's a guy who's, you know, got the stats. He knows he knows a how to win games. Uh, his record speaks for itself uh, in terms of the teams he's played. He's played some decent leagues. Or, or Svenska. He's played in Europe. He's uh, decent East Coast career. Um, but he's also got the experience of having to be the guy who has to play sixty games, sixty shots a night. You know, you look at his stats last year. Um, a 3.16 goal against average but a save percentage of um, 0.912 when you're facing an average 40-50 shots a night and you're getting that percentage save ratio you're doing something very well Belfast opened up with some, with the, some of the saves he made against him um, last season and he was pulling out some unreal saves so the problem that Belfast will have and I think it's more the fan base so bear with if any Belfast are listening is that each time he goes into the net and makes a save or makes a mistake, you know damn well it'll be, Besko wouldn't have done that. Besko wouldn't have done this. Besko wouldn't have done that. So they're going to they're gonna have suffered. The, the, they've had a cracking net mind in Besko Warrenny. Shane Owens is no Besko Warrenny, but he's good. He's, he's probably, in the crop of net minders in, in the UK from last season, probably up there with top three. So, so long as 
you know, they don't get on his back if he makes a couple of mistakes early in the season. And, you know, it's not like they're going to start easy, you know, with the CHL. I think he'll do all right in Belfast. He's gonna, they're going to have a good defensive front of him. So he's not, in no, all respect to Fife, they've got the budget to have a good defensive front of him. If they, if they, if they just keep, keep with him and not expect straight away Besco quality, this is a good piece of business by Adam Key from the Giants. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you on that. I mean, you missed, you missed out the one part though. They probably just say Besco didn't dare him to do that. Oh, sorry, yeah. my bad. And also, hi, Joe, because you know she's going to be listening to this. She will be, yeah. Also, I, I think as a go watching him as a in net against us, against you guys on highlights as well. He's when he first came into our, the elite league, he was outstanding. Then he got the obviously got a job offered in the Arsenal. Played 13 games over there. Stats-wise, he looks like he did pretty decent over there. Then went back to the East Coast, into Poland, and then last season, back to Kakade. He's a really good netminder, and I'm pretty sure he will, with the the defence that Belfast are capable to bring in, he'll be challenging for silverware again. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's a good, he's a good signing to patch up the hole that was left with by Besco. Um, in terms of goals against average, I think that's what they're going on on, uh, on the Elite League website. He was seventh in the league last year. Um, no, that's Pontus Sjogren. Sorry, he was eighth in the league last year. <laughs> I've got it in front of me. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's a good guy to bring in and, and patch that hole. <sighs> Part of me wonders if we're going to see a bit more of Murphy this year. Um, Besco did such a stellar job last year that he definitely justified the, uh, the the amount of games that he played. He played a 54-game season last year, and you could certainly see why. I kind of wonder if they're going to split the games a little bit more between Owen and, and, and Murphy. Definitely just a wait-and-see signing again. I mean, when, 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 when Belfast picked up Besco Rwani from Edinburgh last year, it was very much a case of this guy's got a lot of potential. Now let's see how he plays in one of the top teams in the league. And that's nothing against Fife per se, because Fife did well for themselves last year. But at the same time, you kind of wonder how he's going to do in the CHL, how he's going to do on the team that's expected to put up as, as, as good a performance as they put up last year. Um, I'll hold my hands up. Familiarity in terms of re-signings he, he, he kind of it gets a bit monotonous for me it gets a bit boring um, I like to see new guys come in I like to see you know it's that excitement when you turn up to that first game of oh I wonder what this guy's like oh I wonder what this guy's like and when you sign a new goalie that nobody knows about that's definitely one of the first plays that you want to go to your first game you want to see how he performs see what he does you know see what the guy's like um, and it kind of takes that excitement out of it to an extent but I don't know Belfast seems to be turning into kind of uh, <laughs> picked up a fair few uh, sloppy seconds if you like at some point um, you know they obviously they picked up Kieran Long they've got Ben Lake 
Nana picking up Owen, none of which, by the way, I'm not saying any of which are bad signings. Um, but you, you know, if I was a Belfast fan, I'd just be wanting to see a bit of fresh blood coming in, uh, see a few new players coming in, just because, as I say, personally, I just find that familiarity a bit boring. I, I find it exciting to see new players. It's quite interesting to see how new players fit into the league, see what they're like for the first time. Uh, you don't really get that with a guy that's been, that's been signed from another team in the league from last year. But uh, a good guy to sign for Belfast. They needed to make a good signing um, to replace Besco. I just hope that Owen can get out from under Besco's shadow and, and prove the fans that are you know, comparing him to prove that wrong and, and obviously show his worth. Yeah, so long as he doesn't end up like a Zemlak signing and uh, going from expect you know used to facing 60 a night then facing 30 and just not being as good the only thing good thing in, in respect of Owen being used to the number of shots is his first four games proper will be in the CHL where they'll get he'll face a number of shots so he'll be like just being back playing for five just a different opposition so in that respect actually it'd be nice he breaks into his Belfast career in the same style of he'll be facing a number of shots yeah absolutely um, there's one last player signing that we want to talk about. It's one that we discussed as a hypothetical in last week's episode. Uh, it is one that I don't think any of us actually expected really to see back in, in the UK uh, this year. But, of course, Cardiff announced the one signing that will make their fans the happiest. Uh, Mr Ben Bounds is staying at the Red of the Devils for another season. What do we think, gents? I, I I didn't expect him to be in Cardiff. Um, you know, me, me and Griff was was fortunate to see in the flesh and everyone else on TV his, his MVP performance at the World Championships. You know, depriving the expected expected number one and number two draft picks, um, pulling off saves which you know all the press out there was you know, getting very excited over. We all expected him to get that DL, maybe SM League contract and actually get and earn it. Whereas he before it be, he may get something and we'll give him some money he's got to really earn his crust. So Cardiff have done well. They've, they've kept it. They've kept one of their key signings. And, you know, he's his interview. If anyone hasn't watched his interview, recommend it. Very honest. It's, it's honest. It's refreshing. It's... For a uh, for someone who calls Cardiff and Barry his home, it's very Yorkshire. Um, it just it's blunt, honest, and it's it's worth a, a listen regardless. Uh, but no, you know, well done, Cardiff, keeping him because you know there apparently there was only one serious offer, but there was a fair few teams who showed a bit of interest, but not enough to to say you know here's a contract. So one of the reasons why they've won so much over the last few years. Um, Let's see if he can uh, win even more silverware for the the Red Army. Yeah, the re-signing for of Ben Barnes for Devils, it makes like the other nine teams in the league just go, oh great, because you know, I wasn't counting Cardiff because they're going to say yes. I'm not going to do it again. You've got it recorded. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Text tone. <laughs> Definitely. 
yeah, after his performance in Kushitsa, we're like, yeah, he's definitely not staying in the UK. But obviously, apparently, according to his interview that he said, they want some of the teams that were interested. They were surprised what were interested in him. What he'd uh, a netminder with a, a better CV, more attractive CV, which when you watch his play, you're like, what more can he do to get a contract in one of the, some of the big leagues? He's been raved about all of them, TSN, raved about all over the world. And then, yeah, sorry, your CV is just, just boring, really. You could <laughs> you could say, basically. Hopefully, with a, another style performance in Switzerland next year, it can prove a lot more, a lot more people wrong. Yeah, interesting one again. Uh, didn't expect to see him back in the UK. I think he said, if memory serves me right in the interview, you guys just confirm or deny, but he said in his interview that the, the signing, the deal had been done a while ago, but with the caveat that he has the opportunity to go and, you know, if he gets an option to go elsewhere uh, in Europe or, well, obviously out of the Elite League, then it's his to take and, he, and he's, he's got that kind of buyout option in his contract. Um, I fully expected to see him end up somewhere, as, as Dave said, um, you know, Germany, SM Liga, Tapera, <laughs> says the, uh, <laughs> one of our previous rumours. Um, Devils have got to be happy with this one. He doesn't sound like Bounds is going to be sticking around much longer in Cardiff. He's very, very keen on the idea of, of going elsewhere. As, and why wouldn't you be? As a Brit goalie with the talent and the ability to take you to that level, it is not a common thing to see for a Brit goalie. So to see him, you know, having those options, to see him getting that interest, uh, even if it's a case that his CV's not interested enough for the time being, you can't fault his ambition to really, really strive to want to go over to a, another league and, and, and play elsewhere other than the UK. So it doesn't sound like he's going to be sticking around for long, but Cardiff have definitely got to utilise him to his best ability while they've got him, and they've certainly got to relish the moment that they've got him because they aren't going to be keeping hold of him forever. And he is one of the best goalies they're going to see for a long, long time wearing their jersey. Um, I find what Greff said in terms of other teams finding his CV not interesting or not good enough. And you kind of think, on the on the world stage, GB and the programme is now the most talked about in terms of the rise. And one of the key people, part of that reason, has been Ben Bounds. So you kind of go, you know, successive promotions, you know, gold medals, staved off relegation. You kind of think, well, like you said, what has he got to actually do? He's won um, the Elite League. You know, he's won games in the CHL. You know, is he going to win the CHL with Cardiff? You know, I, I, I'm... I'm from them looking in, I find it baffling that his CV doesn't, you know, say that he's actually earned the right to have his CV class as actually is a good is a good netminder. You know, certainly, you know, 
has got the records for Cardiff's goalies in terms of shutouts and and, and other stuff. He's, he's he's breaking the records there. I, I just find, I do find it baffling. Yeah, two hundred and thirty saves of the world champs, but his CV's not interesting enough. And you yeah. watch the, and you and you watch their daily highlights, and more often than not, Ben Bounds there, Ben Bounds save here, Ben Bounds save there. TSN article, like Greff said, Ben Bounds. Maybe he just ones. maybe he just needs to make like. Um, football goalie style and uh, break up in play and score a goal by uh, being the sixth man up in the, in the other zone and then as soon as he does that it'll make him interesting enough for other teams to make offers it's, it's baffling I, I find that all baffling it's daft absolutely daft but, but yeah, we wish him all the best in, in moving forward um, it'd be great to see a Brit goalie particularly Dave I think you'll probably think the same but particularly to see a Brit goalie born and bred in Rotherham uh, to see if to see if he could go and showcase himself elsewhere in uh, in Europe or North America it'd be immense to see um, but you have to you, wait you, and see what, what, what comes knocking you always want to see your players as, as a GB fan and as a, a fan of GB hockey whether domestically or the national programme you always want to see your players test themselves and, and be comparative to the other leagues and the, the best in the world and if Bounds gets an opportunity in the 2021 season then all the best you know hopefully from his perspective he gets that chance because of all the players over the last 10-15 years you'd probably say there's probably one other um, let's say got 20 years who's had that who's earned the right had the chance it was David Longstaff and he got a crack at the top league in Sweden uh, played for the Garden and then ended up in the uh, did he play for Zurich Greff? I want to say he played for Zurich. I know he played in Switzerland. Possible. David Longstaff. Yes, but he, he he was one. Of, he was actually he was the MVP of the um, the Super League um, in the year the Steelers won the Grand Slam, and he was one of the like the handful of Brits. But he was the league MVP. So he earned the rights. He's the only GB player to have under caps. So he, uh, the last twenty years, he's been probably the only one who's actually earned the right to really go against the best. Bounds is in that league. Bounds is in that bracket where he has earned the right to really push himself and, and, and earn the right to have a go and compete with the very best. As you say, he played for Deer Garden in the SHL and he played for HC Sierra in the NLB. Yes. That was the Swiss team. NLB, sorry, I thought, I thought it was Zurich for some reason. But either way, it's still a decent standard of hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I think that, that brings us to a close on domestic uh, Elite League hockey for this episode. So, thankfully, considerably uh, shorter than the last episode, uh, where I think we were still talking two and a half hours into the episode. So, happily uh, bringing the domestic side to a close. Um, War of the Roses, we mentioned last time round, Yorkshire v Lancashire. Gref, do you want to tell us what the score was in the, in the first <laughs> leg of Yorkshire v Lancashire? Don't know, I forgot. Joe, do you want to remind you? Yeah, I, I believe it was 11-5, was it not? I believe it was 11-5, yes. Oh. To Yorkshire. To Yorkshire, of course. Of course. Not like uh, Manchester to get knocked out in their own building, just like playoffs. Um, but no, um, yeah, there were, there were, we had three... Uh, MFZ goals with three my fancies and bony goals two from Mr Stafford uh, and then one from myself 
we ended up with two uh, MSN injuries as well, did we not? Where uh, yeah, I got slide tackled into a goalpost, and then Dave ended up knocking himself out. Um, so let's not, let's not forget the uh, the two penalty shots saved, saved by an MSN uh, participant in, in on the Sunday. So you know, yeah, you're I welcome can't... for one of those. I thought I'd just give you the opportunity to to make a penalty shot save. <sighs> you you're so humble, so humble in your uh, analysis, mate. But uh, yeah, no, it was a good day. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, and a fair bit of money raised so far. Um, you know, we'll we'll have the bragging about this for the three game series. But we're going to win all three. Just say, well, you know, it's uh, we can clinch the series on Saturday um, at home. You know, who who doesn't want to clinch a series on home ice and sit here around? But, but we, could, we, could, we could go on to Boston shortly, um, if you want. Uh, but if you're around the Sheffield area, I Sheffield, 9pm. Uh, been a very late change um, uh, in terms of the start time. It was meant to be at o'clock. 9 o'clock, it's free to come in. We just hope for a donation. Have a laugh um, at some of the players. Enjoy the um, the skill set on offer. And you get to uh, see uh, all four MSZ uh, podcasters um, doing the thing for the counties. Yeah, and if you're not around Sheffield, no excuse. Get yourself around Sheffield and then come and watch. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll ignore, well, Griff, because it's all about the White Rose. White Rose. Yeah, I think we did a poll on Facebook. Um, it was like, who are you rooting for, White Rose or Red Rose? And I think it was something ridiculous, like 96% out of about 250 votes voted White Rose. They have sense. They see, they see sense. Exactly. I mean, the fact that I shared it in the Steelers like fan group is neither here nor there. No, no, Robin. But yeah, no. Game two Saturday as they says 9 p.m. at Ice Sheffield. So if you are or are not around the area, feel free to come in and uh, give it a watch. Cheer on your uh, MFZ team. Uh, and yeah, uh, it promises to be another good game, I think. And help us raise some money for charity. Help us raise some money for charity. That's always the key thing. We keep saying this as well. All four of us are playing in the All-Stars as well this year. Probably an event that you've all heard of by now. Um, and all four of us are actually playing for Team British Heart Foundation as well. We'll get our Just Giving pages shared on the on the MFZ Twitter at some point as well. So if you do fancy popping a donation on any of the four Just Giving pages, particularly mine... Um, <laughs> No, jokes aside, if you fancy putting a donation on any of the four pages, we would be very, very grateful. Uh, it's money going to a great charity. Um, so, uh, you know, to coin a phrase from Tesco, every little helps. Um, but, yes, moving on to the absolute showcase piece of today's episode. Um, I was like a kid in a sweet shop this morning when I realised that Boston, the team that I hate more than anything, uh threw away the chance to win a Stanley Cup in their own barn. Um, Gloria was certainly ringing in my head all day. I don't know what you think, boys. Ah, Gloria. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, You know, fair fair play to St. Louis. It's the first cup in 52 years. Uh, Rookie goalie that breaks records that he's now better. He's won the most most postseason games uh, in comparison to, to Patrick Waugh and other absolute diamonds of the game in terms of net minding they, they just you know and the big stat which I know you mentioned before mid-January they were bottom 31st team in the NHL 31st to go on a run to get into the playoffs to get into the mix to make the final to win the final and to bring the cup to St. Louis for the first time ever it's, it's a great story 
Um, you know, first time the West has won it, I think, for about five years. It's been um, Pittsburgh and Washington won it from the East. Uh, and Boston, I think, won it um, about six years ago, something like that. Oh, no, no, they didn't. It was, seven, it was um, 2011, my apologies. So, great story. Um, it's been a bit, I suppose it's an apt story, given how weird the playoffs has been. Especially if you look at a team sweeping to then get knocked out by a sweat, to get knocked out by a sweep, amongst many other things. It's, it's not been a normal playoffs. I don't think it's been a normal season, really. When you look at some of the things that have happened, like the, the sweeps, St. Louis being bottom of the league in January, and then come June time, they're actually hosting the Stanley Cup. It's, I think, as well, my first I think my first communication to yourself this morning, my first tweet was Alexa, play, play Gloria. That wasn't the that, exact word in uh, Gref, no. but uh, for obvious reasons, we can't say the, the full disclosure of the, uh, the message. Oh, yeah. I know, <laughs> I thought the, the, be- the best thing ever is seeing Brad Marchand cry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was possibly up there in my top three favourite moments of seeing a sportsman cry. Overtaking John. The problem Lennon. is the other two were the last times that Boston uh, <laughs> threw away chances of standing up. <laughs> Uh, the, one of them was John Terry when he slipped in the Champions League final. Seeing him cry was amazing. But this one just be it. Why does it sound like Greff's just got this like video montage of sportsmen crying? Do you know some people like sports bloopers videos? Greff's just got his own little like montage of crying sports. Well, I, I, I remember that uh, that Terry penalty miss in Moscow. I went there, but I remember watching it in the uh, in the pub in Sheffield. Uh, that was a uh, an interesting night. Um, but yeah, uh, there's certain sportsmen who, who do the thing and they're good at what they do. And Marshall's good at being a rat. Um, he's made a career out of it. Fair play to him. He's got more NHL appearances than I will ever will do, and, and combined all four of us. But you still want to see that type of guy, you know, devastated. But it shows how much it means. I, th- I think I think it was he's got more NHL appearances than we're ever going to do. He's got one, so you know he's already no. got more. <laughs> exactly. So you know, it's not like I'm I'm saying it from a viewpoint of authority. Um, was he on the team in 2011 when they won the cup? Yes. Yeah. So you know, so he's won it. He and I think he maybe I think he may have played. Has he played for Canada when they won a gold medal? I I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm testing the memory back. So tell you, I'll have a look. But he's won. He's won some of the top silverware in the sport. To still be as devastated as he were, as much as we will laugh about it, and we have laughed about it, it, it shows how much the cup does mean. To Maybe if he licked some more faces, then he may may have got himself. Maybe it may be because um, that was more of his finger instead of too much slew for Tim last year. It was more about licking the face. He's, he's gone back to just the slew foot. Yeah, uh, let's have a look. So he's. Career highlights, obviously. Um, NHL playoffs most points this year, 23 points. Um, da, da, da. Yeah, World Cup gold medal in 16-17. World Champs gold medal in 15-16. Stanley Cup champ 10-11. So yeah, he's, he's he's achieved some pretty some pretty decent achievements over his career. Um, and this is definitely the best one of him crying on the ice when he's in. <laughs> I can confirm on that one. It is his best achievement. 
100%. (laughs) Just going back to Dave, what you were saying about, obviously, we've mentioned it a few times, it's something that I've said um, every time we've mentioned St. Louis pretty much, and it's something that I I put on Facebook straight away this morning about them being dead last in January. Mid-January, St. Louis were 250 to 1 winning the Stanley Cup. They were the odds. And a St. Louis fan put a four hundred dollar bet in Vegas. Oh, he won a hundred yeah. grand, one hundred grand, and he won a hundred grand. And apparently, after Game Six, there were people offering offering seventy plus grand for that bet. They were trying to buy the bet off him. Wow! Um, and he and he was constantly turned it down, and eventually, bang. You know, they take game seven and they get some hundred grand in his back pocket. I'll tell you who will be the most relieved will be the newspaper in St. Louis who actually jumped the gun before game six declaring the St. Louis Blues as champions. (laughs) I went to print. Um, It was a bit like, you know, you kind of really curse it, boys. But they, you know, kind of the bacon's been saved on that one by um, St. Louis winning overnight. So, but yeah, no, that's and that's hockey um, at that level is now done with. Unfortunately, yeah, it marks the end of the official end of the season. It certainly has. Um, just a few other things just before we go off this one. I, I'm trying not to dwell on NHL that much because I appreciate that a lot of people that listen may not have the same invested interest that we do in the NHL. But just some things that I think, regardless of your affinity towards NHL or not, is a very interesting to see. Obviously, dead last in the NHL in January, they were below 50% in games. Their, their, their win percentage was below 50% on the 3rd of Jan. Um, game 7, so the final game of the Stanley Cup this year, was only Jordan Binnington's 30th start. So he's a rookie. Obviously, we've said already rookie goalie, but it's only his 30th start in Game 7. Um, obviously, Game 7 was on the road in Boston. Um, I think, I'm sure I read somewhere about, I think St. Louis have won 14 on the road in the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, something along those lines. Um, not just, the, obviously not just the final, but across the playoff series. Um, it's been 13 years since a team has won the Stanley Cup without making the playoffs the previous year. So another fairy tale moment for the St. Louis Blues and the one that just stands out to me the most. Not only were they bottom of the league in January, not only were they below 50%, they sacked their coach. They sacked their coach after 19 games this year. They had a 7-9-3 and three record. Seven wins, nine losses, three overtime losses, and they fired uh, Mike Eo, who was their coach at the time. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the end of this season, they're still an interim coach. They never signed a full-time coach. I, I get a feeling he may have his job title changed from interim to full-time. Um, but didn't your guys, when you won your first of two cups, yeah, your Mike sa- Sullivan. Sullivan was changed yeah. to whoever the guy is uh, who's behind the bench. I can't I never remember his name. No, no, no. So no, sorry, sorry. It's, um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. it's um, Biz- Bislam. Is it yeah. That's uh, the one. Yeah. But another start for this 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 the playoff final, uh, the Stanley Cup with Boston. Only two games were won on at home. Five of the seven games were won on the road. 
Yeah. Uh, that's for a final for the the very level where it's like home advantage and everything. That's an that's an incredible start. It's it's crazy. Um, it's just everything that Martin. You, you in addition to everything else, again, there were two teams that at one point this season in the NHL were just an absolute train wreck this year. One of which was Ottawa. And the key point, the key collapse point for Ottawa this year was the point where you had Matt Duchesne and a few other players caught in that Uber ride. Um, I don't know if anybody's, if you, if you don't know what that is, basically a load of Ottawa players got in an Uber after a game and basically complained about a number of staff in the Ottawa um, organisation all the way in this Uber drive. Uh, and the Uber driver actually sold the footage to a, a local newspaper and the footage got out of them saying it. Um, not that, that was Ottawa. The Blues ended up having a fight between two of their own players in a training session. Rob Bertuzzo and Zach Sanford had a fight in one of their own training sessions just because just the wheels were completely falling off the wagon. And then Zach Sanford goes and scores one of the main goals in Game 7. It's surprising how many times you hear stories about the players fighting amongst each other when when the chips are down, uh, and when you know when just things aren't going right. But uh, from from the on ice stats, the the impressive one also from Game Seven, they obviously sold out the St Louis home venue uh, to have the watch of the Game Seven, but they also sold over thirty thousand tickets at the baseball park, who was <laughs> also showing the Game Seven. Even though it was absolutely streaming it down with rain, and the baseball park's an open plan, thirty thousand people, twenty dollars a chuck. There you go. The amount of people, that, you know, just it shows how much it's meant to St Louis from that, you know, to acting yeah. out. I, I can imagine the uh, the parade party will be uh, quite the party. Yeah, but parade got com- is certainly going to be uh, no worries. But there's a bar set by Washington, so St Louis guys, you've got to raise it. Unfortunately, though, you're going to have to find something other than a keg stand to do because uh, they're banned. <laughs> yes. I, I, have you also seen the picture? I mean, Vladimir Tarasenko's wife actually gave birth. I think it was two, two days or three before. days before. Yeah, and yeah. there's actually a picture of the newborn baby in the in the in the dome, yeah. the Stanley Cup. You just think, just the meaning of this cup just it just spreads across so many people. Pat Maroon um, signed in St Louis this year after. Um, a pretty rocky free agent off-season last year, and, and he only signed a one-year deal considerably under the par that you'd expect him to be signing on in terms of money. Um, and he only signed in St. Louis so he could play in front of his son. And, and it's, so, again, another another player who this will mean absolutely leaps and bounds for him, lifting that cup. The last stat I'll throw at you before... We move on from risk because I can honestly. I just, I just want to throw the, the other one you say about the sun and, and everything else, but it's the um, the St Louis fan um, who was kind of given the uh, the lucky charm, who's had the lay the red bone marrow treatment. Um, you know, then there's the little stories. It's always the Stanley Cup brings out the little stories that just makes it. You know, it adds the value, adds the emotion to it all. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's it's been a it'll be one that'll be remembered for some time. Yeah, 100%. Um, just, as I say, just, just before we, we go off this subject, one last one. Um, a, a particular standout record for me uh, from this Stanley Cup win. 
Uh, Ryan O'Reilly won the Conn Smythe. So the Conn Smythe is the MVP of the playoffs. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly took it this year, despite a few people thinking that it was going to go to Binnington. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly actually took the, 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 the Conn Smythe. Um, Ryan O'Reilly is now the first player since 1985 to score in four consecutive Stanley Cup final games. He's the first player since Wayne Gretzky did it in 1985. Are you, you, I mean, talk about a guy that really pulls it out of the bag for his team when it matters. Uh, you know, come at the man, come at the moment, or oh, what? Four straight goals, you know, goals in four straight games, four back-to-back games. He put a goal on the, on the board. It's impressive. It's uh, just one of the many performances which has uh, allowed the, the parade to take place in St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know um, that they don't? Do you know that they don't actually get their first round pick as well this year? Just kind of gutted because it actually comes to Buffalo. So if they, if they would have stayed bottom and then say they won the lottery, we would have won. The, we would have got the draft pick. We could have got either Hughes or Capo. Yeah, they've still not made playoffs for the ninth year in a row. Not the argument we're having. Brilliant. Yeah, that was in the trade that we did with with St. Louis for Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, and now look at O'Reilly, but he's happy he left you guys. Tim Hortons are on official alert because last time he got drunk, he crashed into a Tim Hortons. Brilliant. Yeah, and just for anybody who's wondering, yes, we can confirm Greth does have an affinity towards teams that don't like playoffs. Um, <laughs> you just like golf, don't you, mate? Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> I like the underdog. You like the under? I mean, these underdogs, and then there's just dogs that aren't even in the race to start with. But I'm, I'm leaving that one well alone. <laughs> so moving away, as we say from the NHL, uh, moving towards wrapping up today's episode. Um, before we go. Obviously, we say we're doing the rumour mill game over the last few weeks. Um, this week's rumour was um, a trade in Brit players between the Guildford Flames and the Nottingham Panthers. Unanimously, I think, well, not necessarily unanimously, but pretty unanimously, um, when it took to social media, the majority of you, you thought that was a lie. You thought it, that we completely made that up. Dave, would you like to reveal the true status of the uh, of the rumor? Well, the, the status of the rumor has changed since because we obviously put it out on the podcast on the Friday morning release. Then social media's favourite um, leaker, uh, we'll not mention his name, we'll not give him the credence on on Twitter. Also, put the same rumor out. Um, so, if you follow him, you'll see the players, and one of them has always has been announced um, by the Panthers resigning. But they've not announced one yet. There's one Brit player left to, to be announced if he is signing for Nottingham. So there is there was some uh, credence in the rumor. Um, just the names maybe may have changed. Yeah, well, we'll we'll back up. I mean, the the whole point of the rumor mill game is it necessarily to pick the ones that are going to happen uh, and the ones that aren't. It's to pick the ones that we've completely made up and the one that have some legitimacy. So. Despite the fact that the rumour may not have gone ahead quite as we thought, 
there was some legitimacy to the rumour, wasn't there? We'd not completely fabricated it. Literally, on the eve, about 10 minutes before the, the, the recording, I'm like, guys, I've just got this information. It's from from a legit person. Let's go with this one. It's, it's legit. So, yeah. So it was a legit rumour, even if it, even, even if it doesn't come, no, come true. Uh, there was some legitimacy to the rumour. Um, do we have a rumour for this week? I, I actually left the room while we were discussing this. I don't know whether we came up with one for this I, week. I, I'm pretty dry on that front. Um, this is kind of quieting down on the rumour mill. So, Graf, have you heard anything in your neck of the woods? No, I've not heard anything yet, as of such. We're announcing a re-signing, uh, a signing sorry, tomorrow, and that's about it. Have you just let slip that it's going to be a re-signing, or do you honestly not know? No, I honestly don't know. <laughs> The, yeah. the the video that they put was keep calm the Vikings are coming I have no idea oh, as long as it's not worse than chuffing Gangnam style oh god brilliant awful I definitely swipe left on that one Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> I have there's, there's a rumour pinging around I'm not going to put it down as a, a legitimate one or, a, or I'm not going to add it to the game because it's, it's it's too common but there's a rumour going around that Danny Taylor is going to sign as a netminder for Sheffield. Um, I honestly really significantly can't see this happening. Uh, I mean, he played 33 games for uh, Sevilla, Novosibirsk uh, in the KHL last year. So, And then the year before that, he played the game for Ottawa and uh, 32 games for Belleville in the AHL. So, if I'm honest, a bit of a stretch signing, uh, but his name has been pinging around a little bit. But I'm not going to throw that in for the rumor for the rumor game just because of quite how um, frequent I've seen that rumor dotting around over the last few days. I think I've, I've seen that as well, and I think they're coming up with that with the, the rumor because he's played for Zagreb. Yeah, he played under Fox, didn't he, previously? Mm. But I. Uh, it's fine seeing he played under Fox in the KHL but is he really going to make a jump from a year in the KHL and then a year before that in the AHL and the NHL all of a sudden he's going to sign for, for an elite league team I mean don't get me wrong I will be over the mood if he does but I just I just can't see it happening I really can't who knows um, who knows born in Plymouth in the southwest. born in Plymouth yeah True. Well, well, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but well, we're not going to throw that into the room Bill game. So are we, are we not going with a rumour this week? Not this week, no. We'll, we'll see what we can get next week, see what uh, what's doing the rounds, see what's on Twitter, see what's uh, what's true and what's not. Fair play. I, I'd be tempted to throw in the pie and peas rumour, but we did that at the start of the rumour Bill game. So... Um, <laughs> So, yeah, but no, I think that brings us to the end of another episode. Um, so, Dave, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you, Gref, and thank you to everyone who listens as ever. Yep, thank you. And, Gref, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Joe, for having me. And also, thank you for being here, Dave. It, it's a pleasure, even with the, the cutouts. I only froze once this time, though, to be fair. Yeah. Although I was struggling not to laugh because he kind of froze with his mouth open. <laughs> it was quite an amusing it it's, it's, like it, it's like it knows when to freeze. 
Yeah, just like it when it froze in the CHL section last time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you to everybody for listening. Dave, you not on air. Thank you to everybody that carries on listening. We are going to try and keep going every week in the, in the off season. Obviously, it's not always possible. Um, but as long as every team starts making signings like they are doing, we should have enough content to keep it going every week. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. Um, we'll plug the social media just before we go because I've realised we've not done that yet. So it's at MSN Podcast on Twitter. It's my Fancy Zamboni podcast on Facebook. But for now, thank you to everybody for listening. Another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. Thanks a lot. <laughs>